Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Welcome to those of you joining us online. My name's Otto Ramos. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Victory Life Church. If this is one of your first times joining us, we want to extend a very special welcome to you. And we would encourage you to check our website out at vlchurch.com. There is a banner that is specially designed for you. And it says, are you new here? If you could click on that banner, a form will pop up. If you could complete that form, that'll come straight to me, and I will connect with you sometime this week. And please know we would consider it an honor to join you in your faith journey. I have a few announcements this morning, not the least of which includes our cast of Christmas series that is ongoing, and it includes a lot of really cool stuff that's happening over the course of these next few weeks. Uh, we have a photo booth outside. Can I get a show of hands if you've taken your picture? And yes, I am shaming you this morning, all right? If you haven't taken your picture, get out there and take one with your family. Post it on our Facebook page. Share it with your family and friends. It's right outside the door here in the north lobby. Uh, take a picture and uh, brag about it uh, with your friends. Also, we have some snacks outside. You may have seen a fancy tent when you were walking in. We'll have some cookies and hot chocolate and coffee. You can hang out outside afterwards if you'd like to do that. Or if you're picking up your kids after service, if your, your kids come to Children's Church, our young disciples, we have snacks for you uh, down there in the South Sanctuary as well, so you can visit with family and friends. In addition, we're doing something really cool this month during our cast of Christmas series. We mentioned it uh, last week. Uh, we are partnering with churches uh, that we support in Mexico, known as Heart for Mexico. Uh, we mentioned last week that we are partnering with them through uh, giving uh, to their areas of ministry, and the way that we're doing that is uh, by participating in this Christmas catalog, or making contributions, I should say, through this Christmas catalog. You can get one of these as you walk out into our lobby area. Our missions director, Bill Anderson, is out there. You can give to Heart for Mexico in a lot of different ways. Uh, you can give to one of the orphanages that they're building. You can give to a food and clothing fund. I'm just kind of combing through here. You can give to tuition monies for students that are going to ministry school at the Heart for Mexico uh, Ministry Training School. And so you can actually give. If you pick up one of these magazines, there's a form to fill out. You put your form and make your check out to Heart for Mexico and put it in a nice little envelope like this. And we have a little mechanism, a little hangage here for you. And once you bring your envelope in, we'll put it on our Christmas tree out there. Isn't that cool? So we encourage you to pick one of these up after service today and give to the Heart for Mexico Ministries. We're really excited about that. Uh, speaking of all things related to Christmas, we are having Christmas Eve services. Our Christmas Eve services will be at 4 p.m. and 10 p.m. on Friday, December 24th on Christmas Eve. And we will also have 
uh, worship service the Sunday right after Christmas. As you know, Christmas is on Saturday, and so we will have uh, worship service on Sunday morning only at 10 a.m. Really excited about that. Our youth worship band is going to be uh, performing worship for us, and so we hope that uh, if you're around, uh, that you'll join us uh, for that worship service. That's all I have in the way of announcements this morning. If you've come to give the Lord Jesus, if you come to worship the Lord Jesus through your tithes and offering this morning, you know what to do and how to do it. You can text to give, you can give online, or you can give as you exit the sanctuary this morning. Our ushers will be awaiting you as you do so, but thanks. Can I ask you to stand this morning as we prepare our hearts to worship the Lord Jesus? Let's pray together. Father God, we come to sing to you right now because you are worthy of our attention. You are worthy of our focus. You are worthy of our hearts being given over to you in an undivided way. We come to you now because 2,000 years ago you came to us first, and you desire to continue coming towards us, moving in close as you always have something to speak to us. And so we're here to lift you up and to listen to what you have for us this morning. So we ask that you, be, that you would be with us as we do this now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is with us. He 
He's worthy of worship today. He's worthy of our adoration today. Jesus Christ stepped down to earth to live a sinless life and take on the judgment and punishment that should have been on us. He took it on on the cross in himself. He bore it, and he bled and died for it, our sin. But that wasn't the end. Jesus Christ raised to life three days later. And now, when we claim the name of Jesus, we also can claim that resurrected life. All because he stepped down to earth and did what the Father asked. Let's remember that this morning. Let's sing about that this morning. Jesus,
One more time. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Oh, what a beautiful name. What a powerful name. The name that saves. Would you bow your heads this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for being present in this place today. Thank you, Lord, for being here in our midst today. Thank you, Lord, for making yourself known in this place. We long to be with you, and you long to be with us. You say in your word that you inhabit the praises of your people, and we have praised you, Lord, and we have felt your presence today. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would continue to move throughout this service. Let us know you. Let us feel you in this place. Let us be with you. Jesus, our maker, creator, father who loves us. Amen. You can be seated. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary, saying, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was troubled by this, and the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will bear a son, and his name will be Jesus. See, the virgin is delivered in a cold and crowded stall. beside her in the straw. He is mercy's incarnation, marvel at this miracle. For the virgin gently holds the glorious impossible. Love has come to walk on water, turn the water into wine. Touch the leper, bless the children, love both human and divine. Praise the wisdom of the Father who has spoken through. 
Greetings, you who are highly favored of the Lord. No, no, don't turn around. I mean you. Yes, indeed, I am the angel Gabriel, and I spoke those words once upon a time to a young lady named Mary, and she was highly favored of the Lord, for it was she who would carry God's hope for man. But I speak it today to you. For you are the beneficiaries of that hope, the hope that came when Jesus was born. It was I who had the privilege of speaking those now immortal words to the shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For upon you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. It was I who led the choir of angels that night, singing, shouting, exalting, exclaiming, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men, glory to God 
in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You are highly favored, for you are the recipients of that peace. You are the recipients of God's goodwill. So as we angels like to say, fear not. You have no idea how long our prayer meeting was in order to get an angelic visitation this year. But we managed. Young disciples, you may be dismissed. Go down the hall and get a message on your level. If you're newer here this morning at VLC, that's our children's church program. They're going to go down to room 103, and they'll be studying the exact same passage that we're going to be studying. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn in them to the book of Luke, chapter 2. As we're going to look at part of the Christmas story today, this is our second week in the cast of Christmas. I'm Pastor Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at VL VL Church. That's our website, Victory Life Church. And uh, we're so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. There are few things more fun than joining the cast. This summer, uh, my family and I, we went down, as is our custom, to the Medina County Fair. And, uh, you know, uh, amongst all the animals and the horrible treats that you can get at, at all the different stations there, uh, there was a magic show going on. And I was excited. I love magic. I think it's a lot of fun. And the best thing about a magic show is the audience participation. And so he said, can I have a volunteer? And, you know, 200 uh, young people raised their hand. And the magician that day called on my second-born daughter. She got to go on the stage, and Natalie was levitated. Now, we all want good things for our children, and levitation was high on my list. (laughs) But Natalie was levitated, and and I've got my camera out, because that's what we parents do now. You know, we get our camera. We got to get a record of this, because we're going to be looking at that in 50 years. No, we won't. But anyhow, and I realized as she's up there becoming part of the cast of this magic show, that there's the most idiotic grin on my face that the world has ever known. I was so thrilled that she got to be part of the cast. And one of the things we're talking about these weeks, as we talk about the cast of Christmas, is not just Isaiah and Confucianus, who were here last week for us, or the angel Gabriel, who visited us this morning, but we want to talk about how we as individuals can join the cast of Christmas. And the beautiful thing about the cast that we heard about this week from Gabriel is you can be an angel if you want, or you can be a shepherd if that's how you feel. But either way, you can be part of the cast, and that's what we're going to talk about today, how three specific messages from the angel allow us to see God's intent either as his messengers or recipients of the message. So we're going to talk about that today from one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture, And it is so famous in Luke chapter 2 and following, not because of how well it was written, but because of Linus. And we thank Linus for making it famous, because Linus made sure that we knew what Christmas was all about, Charlie Brown. So if you're in Luke chapter 2, let's look at three life-changing messages that come from the angel, a message that we can either share with others or receive ourselves today. Luke chapter 8, oh, by the way, as is my custom, I got to read this in the King James Version. 
So for those of you who like Shakespearean English or just being confused, you're welcome. Here we go. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. You know, we read the stories of, of all of the different characters of the cast of Christmas, and I guess if you're looking at the book of Luke, it starts back with Zechariah, that day that the angel Gabriel visits him. If you're kind of looking back in the scriptures, as we talked about last week, Isaiah has part of the story, and the prophet Micah has part of the story, and, and, and the prophet Samuel has some of the story, getting us ready for the birth of the Savior. But I don't know if anybody would have predicted that the night that Jesus was born, the first people to get the message would have been shepherds. I don't want us to ever miss this. This is for If you've been in church and you've, you've had, oh, I don't know, 52 Advents uh, that you've done in churches, you know, sometimes we can like look over that, that bit of information. But I, I, I want us to just be real clear on what Luke is doing here in Luke chapter 2. He starts the passage with Caesar, the most powerful man in all the world. But the most important aspects of the story of Christmas are taking place with shepherds and a humble carpenter and that carpenter's wife, the Virgin Mary, and a baby in a lowly manger. But the angels decide to bring the message that night not to Caesar, not to Herod, not to other parts of the cast that are, are, are not our favorite characters. No. The angels bring the message from God to shepherds. You know, when you think about all of the different movements of life, sometimes we can feel like we are just pawns in a larger game in which we have no control. In fact, Caesar was playing a game, if you will, that brought about some of these events in Bethlehem that night. It was he that had decreed that a census should be taken. He that made the people of Israel move all throughout the country into their uh, homeland in order to bring about this census. But, but here we are in this, in this story, and all of a sudden, major players are shepherds, people who were of little account. And what the angel is saying to those shepherds that night, what, what he is saying just by arriving and speaking to those shepherds is you matter to God. Not just Caesar matters to God, not just Herod matters to God, not, not just Mary and Joseph matter to God. You matter to God, shepherds. You. I know that you're out in the field and you're not part of society and you've always kind of been on the outside and, and you're of little to no account, but you matter to God. This gift will be to all the people, so we're starting at the lowest end, if you will, of human understanding. Now, there was nothing absolutely wrong with the shepherds. They're, they're, they weren't the worst of sinners or something like that. But the problem with shepherds in first century Israel was that shepherds were not able to keep the law. 
They were, they were people who weren't able to do what we find in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And more specifically, they weren't able to keep the 619 laws of the Pharisees and scribes who said, you got to do these rules right in order to be right with God. In fact, it was always considered that shepherds were unclean because there was no way that they could keep all of the things that were in the law and still take care of the sheep. So the fact that the angels show up to shepherds that night is supposed to signal something to every reader of all time of this story, and it's this. No matter where you are or what you've done or where you think you fit in the grand scheme of life, you matter to God. Isn't God awesome? To make sure that he starts this story with folks that in the world's eye are of little account who can't even do what good Jewish people were supposed to do at that time in history. They were outcasts in terms of society, doing their own thing. They would have been made to feel like they were of little or no account their whole lives. And God says, no, you matter. So much so that I'm sending an angel to you. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. That's why the angel Gabriel told us this morning, we also are highly favored of the Lord. Because this gift, according to Luke chapter 2, is a gift for all the people, starting with the shepherds and making its way all the way to us this morning. Every single one of us matters to God. Now, some of you might be doubting that this morning. Some of you might be doubting that just on the basis of the story. No angels ever showed up to me. Well, let me tell you, I've seen plenty of angels in my life. I've had plenty of angels who have stepped in and spoken to me. You say, he's lost me now. We're going to commit him when the service is over. <laughs> no. The word angel means messenger. Messenger. Someone who speaks authoritatively for God into the life of a human being and says, you matter to God. God has a plan for you. God loves you. You are of account. He created you with a purpose. I've had plenty of angels speak to me. They didn't descend from heaven, but nonetheless, they were angels from God. People who prayed for me, people who spoke a timely word, people who came into my life and said, seek after Jesus. You'll like what you find when you seek. Go after the Lord Jesus and find him. After all, you will find exactly what your soul needs. I was thinking about all the different angels, all the different messengers of God who've spoken into my life, who prayed into my life, who led me one step closer to Jesus, and I feel no less esteemed than the shepherds that night, and neither should you. Because from the time that you were born, God was arranging circumstances and situations in your life that would bring about the moment that you would find Jesus. He has been descending into your life from the time that you were born, if only you would see him when he speaks. So many of us have come to the faith because of messengers from God who reminded us that we matter to God, but not just reminded us of that but spoke the right word or did the right action at just the right moment to change our lives forever. The world needs angels. Angels remind us that we matter to God and we have a part to play in God's unfolding story. 
you see this point that the angels are making that night, they have a purpose. In fact, we're going to go into part two of this sermon next time as we see what the shepherds do. But isn't it great that the angels get to deliver the message that night? You matter to God, and God has a plan for you. And you know what, folks? Some of us need to be angels this Christmas season. Some of us need to take on the role of Gabriel and the heavenly host. We need to be asking God for the opportunity to speak into the lives of those who feel like they are of little to no account, that they don't matter, that nothing in their life is going right and God doesn't care about them and they're just going to open a can of worms and eat them. We can be angels to them. In fact, God expects us to be. Because at one time, we were in the role of shepherds. At one time, we were feeling of little to no account. And someone stepped into our life and brought the message of heaven and reminded us that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Maybe this week, if you prayed, you would have the opportunity to go from shepherd to angel. You would have the opportunity to speak life and light into the life of another person if you looked for the opportunity. That's one of the messages, but there's more from the angel. The angel says to the shepherds that night, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Great joy. We sang about it up here this morning, the joy that comes into our life when, when Jesus comes into our life. And so many of us have experienced that joy, but that doesn't come in a vacuum. I wonder if the shepherds that night knew before the angels showed up if God had joy for them on the agenda. I mean, is that really the way we picture God before we knew Jesus? Is that really the place that we start at? I didn't. I didn't think God had joy on my agenda. I thought God had killing my joy on his agenda. Before I knew Jesus, I thought that everything about life and faith was about rules and regulations and guilt and shame. And you know what? If God exists, he only exists to get me to rid myself of all of life's pleasures. I mean, isn't this the way so many of you, God? Isn't this the way so many who don't yet know Christ see our Father in heaven? Not as a bringer of joy, but someone who restricts us and restrains us and gives us rules and regulations to follow. Imagine a message in a world that's so estranged from God in which we recapture the true essence of who God is and what he wants for people and be able to tell folks God has joy for you on his agenda. Because that was the story that night. Shepherds, God's doing something right now that will bring about true and lasting expected contentedness to your life. What God is doing in and through Jesus has the power to bring true and lasting joy. This is one of the stories, the messages of Christmas that the shepherds needed to hear. After all, it's very possible for us as human beings to pursue pleasure and happiness through all types of different modes and mediums. I'm hoping at 4.30 today to feel all types of pleasure because somehow a miracle has taken place in the Browns have beaten the Ravens. 
Yesterday, my kids were making Christmas cookies with their grandma as Andy Williams blasted in the background, and I sat surrounded by Christmas trees and QVC lights. Too many QVC lights. Don't tell Mary. Long story short, it was beautiful. I was taking tons of pleasure from that. It was great. My son Cameron made me an M Christmas cookie just for me, for Matt. And he said, Dad, are you going to eat it? And I said, yes, with my coffee tomorrow afternoon, I will eat that M cookie and I will savor it with some Dunkin' Donuts blend. (laughs) There's a lot of pleasures in life, are there not? But there's only one source of joy that's true and lasting. Folks, pleasure's in our power. Joy is not. It never has been. We can do things to mask the hardness and harshness of life. That's called pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with seeking things that are pleasurable so long as they're not sinful or estrange us from God. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with my coffee. There's nothing wrong with one small M Christmas cookie. Just don't go to two to three large Christmas cookies afterwards. There's nothing wrong with hoping the Browns beat the Ravens even if you're judging me right now for bringing up football during a sermon. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Pleasure's okay, but joy's even better. Joy's even better. And joy comes. Joy is experienced with knowing that we matter. And joy comes when we get the fact that we matter to God and when his agenda moves forward. Good things happen in the lives of people. We were created by God to experience joy in our lives by knowing his presence and by knowing his purpose. And that is what the shepherds experienced that night. They experienced the the presence of God. And then they get wrapped up into the purposes of God. And that brings about joy. It says that the glory of the Lord shone round about the angels. The kavod in the Hebrew. That word glory in Hebrew means the heaviness, the weightiness of God's presence was in the fields that night. Some of you are humble just like the shepherds and you came into this place today saying, God, I need an encounter with you. You felt that same heaviness in our time of worship. Not a, not a sadness heaviness. No, a weightiness of the manifest presence of God. It is that that the, that the shepherds feel and respond to that night. And of course, as we're going to talk about next week, they get wrapped up into the purposes of God, the plan of God. They're not pawns in Caesar's story. They are key players in God's story. They matter to God. And when we find out why God has placed us on this earth and when we get in tune with the fact that we matter and what we do matters, then joy results. Because we were created by God and for God. And the shepherds were reminded that night. And someone else in your life needs to be reminded too. There's going to be people all over your life who at one time had a closeness to God at one time knew something about God, at one time had felt the kavod of the Lord, the the weightiness of God's spirit. But for some reason, they are seeking after pleasures today that cannot satisfy. 
They're, they're looking for happiness in places that will not ultimately lead them to joy. Would it not be beneficial to bring a message from the Lord, an angelic message, to remind somebody with humility and love, not guilt and shame, that God has joy for you on his agenda. Some of you watching online, you know that this is true. You know that there was a time in your life where you had felt the presence of God. You'd known the presence of God. You, you, you knew that God was real and you knew that you mattered, but you're seeking pleasure and happiness in other places today. Let me remind you today that joy is, is, is manifested when we are in the presence of God and when we move in the purposes of God, when God has control and we realize we're part of his great story. So the first message the angel shared that night was that the, the shepherds mattered. The second message that they shared was that God has joy for you on the agenda, but then all the angels show up to sing the third message. All the angels come to make sure that the shepherds know why Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord was sent. And for those of you who missed last week, don't, don't think we're getting light on Jesus this week. We spent a, a long time talking about how Jesus is our Savior last week. What I'm talking about right now is that exchange between God and man that's so personal taking place in this story of the shepherds. The third movement, the third message from the angels is that God's moving in to make peace with you. The angels enjoy saying glory to God, praise God, honor to God. God be praised because he loves human beings and he is moving in to make peace with them by sending Jesus. Now this is a point that we can all understand because we're not at peace with all people. We're not at peace with all people in our workplace. We're not at peace with all people in our families. I got a big chuckle last week when I mentioned that Christmas is a time that you'll spend time with that relative that you really don't want to. Because they're a jerk. You aren't, but they are. It's not possible that you could be a jerk, but they are. And they have been. I don't know about you, but one of the Hard things of the holidays is when you run into that experience where there's a lack of forgiveness, where there isn't peace, when there isn't harmony, when things aren't right. But the shepherds are glorying and or the angels are glorying and exulting that night in a reality, something they know about God that the shepherds might not know, is that God is always the bigger person. And God moves in to be peacemaker, even when we're estranged with him, even when we're hostile towards him. He moved in in Jesus Christ to settle the matter and make sure that we were never estranged again. I say this to my staff a lot because, you know, when you have a church of a couple hundred of people, sometimes people don't always see eye to eye. Sometimes we as staff do things that folks don't appreciate in the church. Maybe we say something when we're preaching that seems like it's a bit off, or, or, or even worse, maybe we paint a hallway the wrong color. And sometimes, and that's a joke, sometimes in the church world, sort of a joke, sometimes in the church world, we can get on each other's nerves. 
Sometimes we can frustrate one another. Sometimes there can be things said or done that don't feel loving or affirming. I say to the staff all the time when we have one of these breaks in a relationship, move in. You're the leader. You're a pastor. It's your job to move in. Even if you think they did wrong and they're totally off base and they, they completely disrespected you, move in. Because that's the character of God. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. That's the character of our Father in heaven. Move in. Move in. Move in. That's how healing happens. That's how salvation happens. God moves in. Now, we American Christians are an interesting bunch, especially in the last 150 years or so. I was reading a book recently on the Second Great Awakening, and the Second Great Awakening that took place or started in upstate New York under Charles Finney. They, they invented what we call the altar call. That wasn't like part of like church services prior to the early 1800s. And the altar call was based in this idea that folks had sinned and it was good to come up to the front of the church and admit that they were sinners so they could be prayed for and ask God to forgive them of their sins and give them a new life. Could you imagine the humility it would take for you today to say, yes, I have sinned. I'm gonna walk up in front of the whole church and then I'm gonna allow somebody to pray for me. Could you imagine? But that was the genesis of the Second Great Awakening. That was something that was so part and parcel of God's revival here in the United States. But something's really shifted in the past 170 years from that time. And I don't know why it is, and I'm not gonna try to diagnose it. But my experience has been that people don't feel at peace with God before they know Jesus. They don't feel like things are right between them and God, but it's God's fault. That God didn't answer a prayer when a prayer needed answered, that God didn't let us rub the bottle and get our three wishes when we were supposed to get them, and therefore God must not care about me because he let that happen or he didn't answer that prayer exactly as I wanted him to. So we can sometimes not feel at peace with God because we're angry at God. But there is still something nagging in our spirit nonetheless. Still something that those Americans of the 1820s and 30s knew. That the differences between us and God are not just that he didn't answer the right prayer at the right time. But we're at enmity with God because we're not using our lives in a way that honor him. Acknowledge him or ask him to set the standard for our ethics, morals, and values. We are the problem. It's there. If you sought it, you'd find it. The idea that the distance between you and God has little to do with God, it has so much to do with you. The fact of the matter is we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have all told God, I'll do things my way, thank you very much, and I will seek you when it feels convenient. And God says, when you give me this stiff arm and say, stay right there, I'm going to gently push your wrist and move in. 
when you create that distance between yourself and me, I will gently move in and make peace with you. You are the one who has chosen to misuse your freedom and this gift of life that I've given you, but it matters not. I'll send my son anyway. I love you. And so Jesus is coming to be Emmanuel, God with you. And he'll make the peace between us, a peace that will last into eternity. God moves in to make peace with you. Some of you are shepherds today. You need to receive God's moving of your wrist gently as he moves in through the presence of Christ and says, let's get in line with what you were created for. And once again, some of us are angels this morning who gently and humbly need to look at those who we love and care about and say, you don't need to be at war with God anymore. It's been too long been too long. God loves you way too much for you to be separated from him. God cares about you so much that it makes no sense for you not to be in relationship with him. God has good things for you, good will towards you, favor from heaven, if you'll only allow him to make peace with you. You see, before I knew Christ, I felt a lot like the shepherds. I didn't feel like I was of much account. I felt like God did not have joy for me on the agenda. But I always carried around the nagging suspicion that my desire to do things my own way really created the separation between me and God, not him. All of those things I felt before the day I let Jesus into my heart. But I tell you now, the joy of my life, the joy from the time that I was 14 years old has been in going from shepherd to angel. Recognizing that I matter to God, recognizing that my joy is found in him, recognizing that he has made peace through Jesus with him for me. And my greatest joy is sharing that message with other people. You matter to God. You're part of God's story. He wants you up on his stage, playing the part that he gave you before time began. Would you join in because you matter? Would you allow his presence to come into your life and his purposes to come into your life and bring about joy because you will not find true and lasting expected contentedness until you've found him. And will you consider that the distance between you and God has not been created by him but exists because of where you are at today? And if you'll allow him with his gentle touch to move a little bit of you out of the way, he'll move in and bring peace to your life. Some of you need to hear those words today because you're a shepherd and you're in need of God. Some of you need to hear those words today because you've transitioned to angel and you need to go share them with others.
Would you bow your heads and pray with me? first thing I'm going to ask as we have our time of prayer this morning is this. If as I've been speaking today, God has been bringing some individuals across your mind that you are just feeling like, boy, God, I, I, need, to, I need to share a good word with them, and I need to do it in your timing and with your words, and I just, I just need you to help me. Find that moment. Because you have somebody in your life who feels of little account. You have somebody in your life that's seeking joy and they're not finding it. You have somebody in your life that has been separated from God. They just need to hear that God loves them and he's not done with them. And If they'll just turn things over to him, boy, how their life would change. If that's you today and you, you've had that person come across your mind's eye as I've been speaking, I'm just going to invite you for the next few minutes, just pray to the Lord. Not that you would interpose some message from heaven at the wrong time, but that God would give you the opportunity to share his glorious truth with them when the timing is right and their hearts are open. Will you just start praying that way? He'll give you opportunity. He's cool like that. I know somebody in my life. You do matter. God does have joy for you. You can't have peace. And today, if you're in this place, and you'd say, Pastor Matt, I was once an angel, but today I'm feeling like a shepherd. I needed to be reminded that my life matters, and it matters insofar as God has created me for his good purpose. My joy and my peace need to be found in him. I want to be part of God's story. I want him to make me part of what he's doing in this world. And I've been reminded of that today. And I, I want to live in that from this point forward. If that's you today, I just want to pray for you. And as I pray, I'm with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm not even going to open my eyes. This is between you and God. Sometimes I like to know who I'm praying for so I can talk to him later. But this is just between you and God. When I, when I pray, I just invite you to raise a hand towards heaven and say, God, God, invite me on. Invite me into the cast. Bring me back to the place I once was. Give me a part in your story again because I know that I do matter. And my story does matter because it's part of your story. And my joy is on your agenda. And there's peace with you to be found. So I'm going to start praying, and if that's you, just raise a hand towards heaven and say, bring me back into your story, God. Bring me back into your cast. 
Make me part of what you're doing in this world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters today. Oh, God, remind them that they matter, that they're part of the story, that their life can have an impact for others. We're going to see what the shepherds went and did next next week. But, Lord, I pray that folks in this sanctuary right now would see what you're going to do in them this week. Remind them, Lord, that they're part of your story, that their joy and their peace is found in you. And that, God, you have things for them to do that you created them to do before they were even conceived. Oh, God, I pray that you would remind them of this truth today. I pray they'd walk in it this week. And I pray, Lord, that you would move them from shepherd to angel, that they might bring about your goodness and your presence in the lives of others. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, who is Savior, Messiah, and Lord, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand today? It's been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I just want to invite you, uh, if you're able to hang out and stay for a little bit, if you're picking up your kids, stay, grab some refreshments down the hall, right out here in the courtyard, some of our elders and leadership and pastors We're going to be over in that courtyard over there with refreshments. We'd love to say hi to you. I think Bing Crosby's playing. That makes it festive. Just say hi. Get a picture. But more than anything, fellowship with some of your fellow Christians before you leave this place today. It's a good thing. Heavenly Father, we pray that you'd send us with your blessing this week. Remind us that we have work to do for you. Make us part of your story this Christmas. And Lord, lead us and guide us towards the ones that will be impacted most with your truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.